Peace, peace, and welcome. This is uh, going to be an especially fun thing to get into today, and a new one for me. I have two guests speaking on the podcast today, and um, they represent an organization that has really been transformative for uh, young people in San Francisco and throughout the Bay Area. Uh, AIM High, I first heard about, I kind of always heard about it growing up. I never, I didn't have the the privilege to go, um, but uh, I got reconnected in a more intimate way to the organization when I got back to San Francisco and started doing education work more in a more focused way. And then AIM High became the model for how I wanted to build Mission Bit, which was the organization that I ran for four and a half years. Um, the organ- Mission Bit is, you know, I think singly my, my greatest career uh, achievement until I started this podcast. Now I get to talk to great people like these two. Um, so if anybody wanted to know how Mission Get Bit got to be so dope, I just copy pasted whatever AIM High did. <laughs> so we're going to learn more about uh, AIM High today. This is the AIM High story. And I have with me uh, the founder of AIM High, Alec Lee, and um, I, I, the director of, what's, what's the title, Terrence? Director the, of Programs. Director of Programs, Terrence Riley. I, I pronounced that right, correct? Correct, absolutely. Okay, welcome Terrence and Alec. I appreciate you being here this morning. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. I kind of want to get into the story of AIM High, but just for people who just may not have heard, like, what is AIM High? Um, and so, first of all, I'm, I'm the co-founder. Uh, another teacher and I started the program in 86. And AIM High is a summer learning program uh, for middle school students um, in low-income neighborhoods and communities. Um, we started in San Francisco with one uh, campus uh, the summer of 86, 50 kids, uh, rising 7th and 8th graders. Uh, we focus on middle school. I'm sure we'll talk more about that choice and why that matters. Um, And I'll fast forward (laughs) to uh, now 34 years later. Um, Well, what we would have done this summer is we would have had 18 or 19 campuses and close to 2,500 kids across the Bay Area. Uh, It's different this summer in this challenging, challenging, and fragile moment that we're living in. And Terrence and I will talk more about that. But it's a summer learning program. We make a multi-year commitment. It's five weeks for kids and typically six, seven weeks for teachers. And it's a robust mix of academics and activities and college visits and career awareness and family engagement. How, how's that? And I'm sure I left out a ton. And, and well, that's why we have a podcast, so we can talk about all that. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll definitely get into it because I want to I want to get into a little bit about your upbringing and why you decided, along with the other teacher, to start the organization. But I believe, Terrence, you're, you're an alumni of AIM High. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, so I went to this small, um, all-Black Christian school in San Francisco called Fellowship Academy. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but when I, I remember was, Fellowship. Yeah. In Bayview. Was it in Bayview? It was in Bayview, yeah. Uh-huh. Right by uh MacArthur Park up there. But when I was in middle school, Alec Lee came to my school and talked to my class about AIM High. Um, and for somebody that, you know, was looking for something different, looking for a challenge, um, looking to do more academically, um, it seemed like the perfect fit. And so I, I went through the program. 
continued to uh, be a teaching assistant throughout high school um, and then came back for uh, to work in the central office uh, full time about 10 years ago. That sounds like a very mature choice for a middle school kid, though. You didn't, you didn't have to go kicking and screaming. It was just like, yeah, I want to do it. Like, what was the... No, not at all. I mean, <laughs> so I was, you know, I was kind of a bookworm. Um, but for me, learning wasn't fun at that time. I did it for the the A's and the 100%. I didn't really do it to, to gain knowledge or to grow. And so for me, doing AIM High was just another way to to get check something off, get ready for high school, get ready for college. But then once I got there and, and saw what the community was, it really opened my, my eyes and my mind to, to what learning um, should be in that, you know, we are on this quest for our lives to be, you know, these lifelong learners. And, and that seed was really planted for me um, in AIM High. Uh, but no, no kicking and screaming. It was really something I was really looking to do and interested in and, and wanted to do more than just hang out in the park in the summer. Before, and I want to I want to kind of get back to Alec, but just tell me a little bit more about how you grew up. Like, so I'm, you grew up in San Francisco? Yeah, so I grew up in the, the Bayview Hunters Point neighborhood, um, very tight-knit community. Um, my whole family lived within blocks of each other, like my aunts and cousins and everything. Um, you know, grew up kind of lower middle class, um, and went, you know, went to this Christian school, but my world was very uh, condensed into that neighborhood. And that, that's kind of all I knew, which was another reason why AIM High was appealing for me, because I was able to go and explore a community and a neighborhood outside of the, the Bayview Hunters Point area. Um, and so that's that's kind of what drew me. That's part of the reason that drew me to it was to get out of like the same hundred people that I knew and saw kind of every day for my whole life. Um, I grew up in the Fillmore, but I spent a lot of time in Bayview, and uh, and I and I want to ask if you know the the like. So I went I went to uh, Olivet Baptist Church, and it was the Bailey family. Did oh you know yeah, that? I know the Baileys. Yeah, yeah, you know, did you go to school with Asa and Adam, and Aaron yeah, and that's why I know Fellowship. Oh, that's real cool. It was it, it was a trip like for me coming up, my whole K through twelve experience because I went to public school. I wasn't fancy going to private school. <laughs> But um, my whole upbringing wasn't very diverse. I mean, it was it was very diverse. It wasn't many white people, is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. It was like mostly people of color. Mm-hmm. And then I got, I grew up, and I went to college, and then it was just like a complete flip. Mm-hmm. But so I, when you talk about that isolated sort of experience, that's not really the story of San Francisco, though. Because mm-hmm. you go around San Francisco, San Francisco is not very diverse. So we, I had like a very inverted experience. Like for most San Franciscans, they walk around. And they, it's not very diverse, but the neighborhood I grew up in, it was just only people of color. Mm. Um, and and so, was does that sound like somewhat of what your upbringing was like? Was that? So that, I mean, no. for me, it was I was around black people all the time. My my school had one non-black person. He was a Filipino dude, and he was like the only dude in the neighborhood. Um, and but then when I went to Aim High that's where I got to see more of that diversity that the city offers. And that really prepared me for high school because my high school experience was, was completely different than my, my K through eight experience. Um, and uh, aim high, you know, exposing me to like new cultures and new communities. Uh, it was, it was a really big, um, it was something I needed at that time because it was for me, it was just, it was all black people. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, so I went to a boarding school uh, down in Pebble Beach. And so that was, you know, it was all rich white people. And it was a big culture shock and adjustment for me. Um, 
and you know like completely flipped from what i was used to from kindergarten to eighth grade what's the name of the school it's called the stevenson school or robert lewis stevenson oh is it yeah okay what did you go through one of the scholarship programs yeah so there's a program called a better chance yeah yeah abc like yeah. i know your whole life story bro it's <laughs> <on to> alec <laughs> <laughs> nah, a, a better chance. They, um, I, I heard about a better chance when I was at Williams, and a mm-hmm. lot of the students of color that came to Williams, uh, that came from neighborhoods, uh, you know, that were lower income neighborhoods. They mm-hmm. went to it went to some of the private East Coast colleges, boarding mm-hmm. schools, through a better chance. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to go to the East Coast at first, but my parents were like, "If you're gonna go to boarding school, you at least have to stay in California." So that, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why I ended up there. <laughs> They helps you, man. <laughs> those winners. Anyway, <laughs> Alec, where'd you grow up? I grew up in a mostly um, middle, upper middle class suburb of uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's really interesting. Of course, Terrence and I have now known each other for a decade. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to hear the two of you. And, uh, you know, my story's different. Did you have siblings? Like, what was your sort of home situation like? Yeah. So uh, mom and dad, brother, sister, very close family. Um, our neighborhood was lots of friends and, and tight-knit and, and close as well. Um, and I went to a pretty amazing school as well. Um, I wouldn't describe it as fancy, but an independent school in the suburbs of St. Louis and mostly white, almost entirely white. Um, yeah, this was also the 1970s, so um, quite some time ago. Um, But the school had um, a couple of partnerships with um, schools in uh, the inner city of St. Louis, and and I participated in two of those. And, you know, that was the eye-opener for me um, that the world is too unequal. And um, the other eye-opener was... um, why wasn't the education that I received, um, why didn't all kids get that? <laughs> and um, and so when I graduated from college, you know, I embarked on the journey to um, try to address that achievement and opportunity gap. What brought you to San Francisco? I followed my girlfriend at the time, and uh, we just celebrated our 33rd anniversary. So it worked out pretty well. Uh-huh. It was one of the better choices I made. But she she had a job here, um, and I didn't. But I, I said um, we like each other, and um, I, I, and she asked me to follow her, and I, I said yes. It, w- it was definitely the right decision. But I'd also I'd spent four summers working in a program, a summer program outside of Detroit called Horizons Upward Bound. And, you know, Stevan, you probably know Upward Bound was started when Lyndon Johnson was president as part of his Great Society initiative. And um, I fell in love with the program and I became deeply committed to summer learning and innovation, project-based learning and inspiring role models. And so those were all the pieces that were kind of in my head when I moved to San Francisco. And, and I got a teaching job at a high school and... And the principal of that school said, you know, listen, if you want to do something in the summer, kind of like Upward Bound, I'll just give you the key to the building and, you know, go for it. <laughs> um, and so I, I wrote a grant to the San Francisco Foundation. I, I'd never heard of foundations. I had no idea what they were. 
Uh, but I wrote a grant, uh, came up with the name, and they funded us for 25K. And Aim High was off and running <laughs> in 1986. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of what we created that first summer um, is still embedded in the program. Um, and we can talk more about that. So that was a little bit of a long-winded... Uh, no, no, I, I, have, I have more. It's all good. So we have your wife to thank for Aim High in San Francisco. <laughs> um, yeah, let me, let me <laughs> get over here. Want to hear this? Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. No, it worked out pretty well. Thank yeah. you. So you you came out here uh, with your girlfriend. Now, congratulations on 33 years. I think that there's like a lot about running anything. And, you know, you're in a leadership position with the organization, uh, Terrence. And I don't know how your career has sort of shifted and and waned since you you came into this position. But like the home life and how that affects the work life is just like, it's a very important thing to kind of get into that people don't often talk about. uh, because starting anything is, is stressful. And I, I learned this running mission bit, right? And I know, Alec, the, 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 the flow, the ebb and flow, aim high. Like, that's kind of the stuff that I want to get into, right? My first time, when I was running mission bit, we also started with 25K. That's 2000 and, uh, $2,015. <laughs> in 2015, we got 25k. Who knows to you? In 86. Congratulations on that grant too. That's a lot. Yeah, we, we would not have gotten very far on 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 two thousand dollars in in the summer of '86. So then I had to worry about payroll because because now I was like running the organization and it was it was I had to kind of raise the money for the salary and everything. How how long was AIM, were you doing your teaching job before you started running Aim High full time? Gosh, fifteen or sixteen years. Okay. okay. So, in fact, I think it was seventeen years. In fact, I'm sure it was seventeen years. So, uh, definitely some multitasking. I mean, Aim High was quite a bit smaller, um, but it did get to the point where it it had to become uh, what I did full time. Um, so, I, I miss teaching, but being full-time aim high has, has also been a great journey. And you're absolutely right. You know, certainly some, some peaks and valleys and challenging moments. Was there ever a point in aim high's journey where you thought like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to make it. Great question. And I would say the short answer is no, it is, it has been a, a steady, um, solid, thoughtful, um, trajectory. Um, uh, but there have been moments um, you know, 2008 was a challenging moment for nonprofits. Um, we also uh, took a risk and, and started a district school, which you may remember, Aim High Academy. That was a three-year challenge for the organization. We learned a lot, no regrets. So there have been a couple of, I would call them like really, really tough moments, uh, but never any consideration that the organization um, would close or not make it. And I know that's very real in the nonprofit world. So, and, you know, that's a tribute to our team and my colleagues um, and our trustees, some of whom, you know, uh, a lot of really thoughtful, um, devoted people. 15 years, 15 to 17 years running it as a teacher, and then you take the leap to go full time, but your, your life is happening. 
Like, do you, do you have kids? Yeah, I have, um, they're grownups. Uh, they're 31 and 28, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they both worked in aim high and, and, and one is a teacher in Oakland. Um, so, uh, you know, they've been, they've, they've been part of the journey too. Um, by the way, uh, Terrence's daughter is in her first year of aim high. So, yeah, I was going to get into Terrence's family too. Cause I saw the, I saw the wedding ring. <laughs> how, long, how long you been married Terrence? Uh, so we've been married for seven years uh, together for like 10, 11 years. Okay. Did y'all meet at AIM High too? Is that the... We met through AIM High. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a shot in the dark question. Okay. <laughs> so what happened? We met at a, a, a summer learning conference. Okay. Ah, uh, conference <laughs> for romance. <laughs> yeah, the conference was uh, the conference was in Indianapolis, and Terrence was the only one who wanted to go to Indianapolis. So uh-huh. I, I would say it worked out pretty well. It worked Look out. This. Great. Look at this! All of this, all these life things happening. So, how long have you been working at Aim High, Terrence? Uh, so ten years. Okay, what were you doing before? Uh, so before Aim High was kind of uh, at a pivot point in my life. Um, before Aim High, I was in LA. Um, I worked in the movie industry for the first part of my career and just wasn't really feeling uh, fulfilled in the work that I was doing. I've always been a big movie fan and I thought like that was the dream to work in the movie industry, um, but I, I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. And, you know, I I had to do a lot of uh, reflection and looking back on like what that was and it always came back to like my experience at uh, AIM High and a- ABC and, you know, other groups that I was a part of growing up and all those organizations kind of made me the person that I was at that time. Um, and so it's like, I wanted to get into education. And so, um, you know, turned my life around, left LA, moved back up to the Bay, um, started grad school, uh, got a master's in education. And that's when I started at AIM High. Where'd you do your under- undergrad? Uh, USC in LA. What area of the movie industry were you interested in going into? My BA is in economics. And so I worked in forecasting and strategic planning. So when a a movie comes out, you have to forecast how well it's going to perform. So that's what I was doing. So you came back up here for grad school? You know, I came back up here just because uh, I just needed a change in life. Um, You know, just L.A. was becoming a bit overwhelming for me. Um, So I came up here to just kind of rethink of what that next step was. You know, I moved in with my my parents and and just kind of did a lot of praying and and thinking about what that next step was. And then I went to grad school shortly after that. So where'd you go to grad school? Uh, University of the Pacific in Stockton. Got it. And so you, you got a master's there and then you started right after that, you started at AIM High. Is that how so I started uh, grad school? I did my first semester. I didn't know like how challenging grad school would be. I didn't even know if I would enjoy it or not. Um, but after I did that first semester, like I was really into it. I was like, this is for me. I made the right decision. I know this is the, the next part of my life. Um, I also realized I could probably work and do grad school at the, the same time. And so uh, after I finished my first semester at grad school, I started looking for jobs and saw there was an opening at, at AIM High. And so I was fortunate enough to, to get the position. And so for about a year and a half, I was doing grad school while working at AIM High at the same time. Yeah, AIM High has been uh, a launch pad for people's careers and education. Um, you know, locally and throughout the country. That was especially satisfying when I was running Mission Bid. There were like college students that were computer science majors. And then they were like, whoa, I like teaching. Like, whoa, (laughs) 
and um, they really connected with the kids. Well, what's that been like for you, Alec, to, to see like sort of um, eager, uh, passionate young educators come in and, and, and work with Aim High? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been part of our mission, I mean, literally since that first summer. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, we're about kids and families and making that four-year commitment and propelling middle school kids to success. But a very close second is our work with both experienced teachers and aspiring teachers. And you're right, Stevan, it's been, you know, enormously gratifying, I think, for Terrence and Michelle and myself uh, to see those young teachers go on to work in San Francisco Unified and Oakland Unified and charter schools and like-minded nonprofits, you know, the AIM High uh, diaspora, it's, it's very real. And, um, and it is, um, it's a, a distinct purposeful part of our mission. Of course, you know, your friend Vince Matthews was, uh, was part of AIM High for many summers, way, way, way back in the early days. Um, and, you know, other um, fantastic um, school leaders and teachers across the Bay. Uh, it, it's great to see that happen. Yeah, yeah. And for people that don't know, uh, Vince Matthews is the superintendent of, of the San Francisco Unified School District. He reports to me, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not friends, you know, because <laughs> I'm on the Board of Education. <laughs> uh, it's jokes, it's a jest. Um, yeah, I wanted to get into the students because like the first day, you know, there's all this anticipation around the first day. And, um, and so for now, 33 years, you've had 33 first days of, of AIM High, or 34? Yeah, that 34. one. Yeah, 34. Um, oh, wait, no, 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 it's 35. 35. 35 Yes, we've had 35 first days. Uh-huh. And so and maybe for some of those students, it's their second first day. They know what to expect. But yeah. but paint a picture of sort of the, not the typical, but uh, like a, a student experience, like who they are, what's on their mind, you know, what they what they see. Like what does the first day at AIM High look like for a student? Terrence, do you want to go first on this one or you want me to? Maybe you could talk about your first. Yeah, let's do Terrence because he has the thing and now he's doing the thing. So <laughs> then we go. you can fill in, Alec. Yeah, I mean, I pretty somewhat vividly remember my first day at AIM High. So AIM High, it used to start for students going into their uh, seventh grade. And now it starts for students going into their sixth grade. But um, I started AIM High the summer before my eighth grade. And so all of the students that were in my class had already been there for a summer before. And so I was joining a little late to the party. And I was very nervous. And obviously, I said I came from a outside neighborhood. So I, I just didn't know what to expect at all. Um, but as soon as you walk through the doors, even before you walk through the doors at the front doors, there are students and teachers and, you know, high school interns who are there and they're just welcoming everybody as they come into the door. And, and a lot of people give high fives and say, you know, how you doing? Welcome. You know, you're going to have an amazing summer that existed when I was in Aim High 25 years ago, and it, it still exists today. And that just kind of feeling of being welcome and accepted and included um, was really big. And uh, we have a morning circle. And so that's where the whole campus, you know, 100, 100 plus people come together um, and they do fun 
uh, songs and announcements and activities. And they really formed that community uh, with each other during those morning circles. And I remember, you know, I sat with my new classmates and everybody was like, you know, wanted to get to know me and wanted to know my name, where I was from, why I was here. Um, and from that first class, I just felt really uh, welcomed and included and, and a part of the team. And even though they had formed these bonds with each other a year before, they just accepted me like I was one of them, you know, immediately. And I think many, most of our students continue to, to have that because that's what we want to give them a place where they can be accepted and be heard and be themselves and just come and not have to worry about, you know, peer pressure, bullying, you know, any of these things that middle school students have to deal with day in and day out. You can just come and be a part of this community and students, staff, everybody is going to welcome you with open arms right away. Like paint a picture of the student body. You said 2,500 students. Who are the types of, who are the type of students that come to AIM High? That 2,500 students is across our 18 uh, sites and our 18 sites are across the entire uh, Bay Area. So each site looks very different um, because of those communities in which they are in. But I would say the AIM High student looks the same. Um, You know, they come from environments where, uh, you know, they just want to do something else. They want to be a part of a community. They, they, They want a chance to like, uh, let themselves shine. And so they, a lot of them are shy. Uh, a lot of them don't know what to expect. Um, and we try to kind of help them lower their guards, uh, you know, that first day. Um, but they, they come with this kind of big eyed, like, Oh, what's happening. Oh, everybody's smiling. Everybody's having fun. Like this is, this is different. This is new. And I don't know anybody here. Um, and it really opens them up and puts their guards down. I would say really, really quickly. And they're able to establish that community because we are only a five week program. We are only a summer program. So these, this group of students that you're seeing, you're not going to see for another year until next summer. But for those students who are been there in the previous summers, when they come back that next year, like that excitement of seeing those friends you haven't seen in a year, like that is such a cool thing to, to see as they reconnect with their, their summer friends. Um, so again, I think, you know, the biggest thing is that students come you know, some of them reluctant because they don't know what to expect. Some of them excited because they want something new. But as soon as they walk through they, those doors, they understand like this is different and this is a community. Anything you want to add to that, Alec? You know, we talk a lot about serving kids with limited opportunities and unlimited potential. And I, I think that's a characteristic, whether it's Aim High in the Fruitvale or Chinatown or Bayview we have a couple rural campuses, one in Napa, uh, one in Tahoe, Truckee. But I think Terrence described it well. There is kind of this common characteristic uh, that it's more often than not, not every time, but more often than not, kids who are kind of looking for something. Or there's a teacher at their school or an assistant principal or a counselor who uh, we we consider ourselves a really strong quality partner with San Francisco Unified and Oakland Unified and and Richmond and Napa. Um, and so um, given our long history and reputation, we have teachers and counselors propelling kids into AIM High. And, um, and, and we also really 
thrive on our school culture, which, you know, Terrence knows well, our core values, community, opportunity, respect, and high expectations, the H is silent. And, and, and um, so that school culture uh, of acceptance, of inclusion, of taking risks, um, that none of that happens by accident. <laughs> that that all happens on purpose, Stevan, and that's something that was part of Aim High at the beginning. But it's only become kind of more deliberate and pronounced over the years. And you know, you asked early about earlier about, gosh, how are we still in business? <laughs> and after all these years, and part of it is we've really tried to define what a classroom looks like and what a campus looks like. That's that's been one of our big accomplishments, I would say, the last 10 or 15 years. And Terrence and a couple of our other colleagues have been a huge part of that. Yeah, I wanted to get into that, too, because we, we talked a lot about the, um, some aspects of the, the, the program's climate, the feelings that students have. But this is, people are, kids are learning. Like, there's, like, there's learning happening. <laughs> and so uh, let's get into the academics, the curriculum, and... Uh, and uh, what that looks like, because this isn't just like summer camp where there's like, you know, arts and crafts and um, none of that, no, no knock on any of that or water sports. This is like class, you know. So right. what does that look like? You want me to go first on this one, Terrence? Um, yeah. So uh, it doesn't sound day. as fun either. School yeah, should yeah. be this fun, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> so every day uh, kids do math, science, humanities, which is our version of language arts and then a class called Issues and Choices, which is sort of a legendary part of, of AIM High. I think I'll let Terrence talk about that. And it's all team teaching, project-based, uh, thematically connected. And then the afternoons are all activities and sports and field trips. I had somebody ask me the other day, so the, the morning is kind of the learning and the afternoon is fun. And I said, hold on, time out. No, the whole day is fun. And, and that you know, that thread of um, engagement and creativity, it runs through the whole day. <laughs> and it's very much part of the, you know, quote unquote, academic part of the day. Um, so, um, you know, that's a typical day and a typical week. Um, I did pause on issues and choices, which is a piece of AIM High that I think we're all really proud of. It's been part of AIM High, I guess, gosh, for probably at least 20 years. Um, I'll let Terrence talk about about that piece. I know, Stevan, you've seen it in action. I know it really resonates for you, but uh, Terrence, uh, go for it. Yeah, Issues and Choices is a really special class. Um, it's a time for students to really uh, evaluate their lives and their communities, um, <clears throat> to really look and hear their voice and hear the voices of those around them. Um, you know, we say it's an adolescent development class, but middle school is such a critical point in uh, students' development. And so this class acts as a conduit to help them to figure out what is, what are they going to be? Like, what is the next step for them? Um, it's where their voice really matters. And even the way we typically set up the classroom, you know, we put it in a circle and we have the students so they can see each other. We have the teachers mixed in there so that it's all just one community together. Um, and so it's really uh, a time for students to, to explore and to have uh, meaningful conversations and to be vulnerable with one another and to, to grow. Having a space to, to process uh, and talk about 
community issues, life issues, family dynamics, all those things are, um, I think, yeah, really important to just like to, to learning, you know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of young people have great ideas too for how they want to see things improved. You know, we're, we're, we're at a time right now where uh, these types of spaces um, are being created at companies, right? Because they, they, they ignored them for <laughs> like they didn't exist, like, you know, in the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd and um, Breonna Taylor and uh, this whole international protesting around uh, police brutality. It's a trip because, you know, for most people that are sort of in education in urban settings, they've we've been sort of confronted with a lot of this uh, very frequently for a long time. But a bunch of a bunch of tech companies like are hitting me up about like, hey, like uh, we want to talk about this stuff and we, we don't know how. <laughs> like they they should be talking to aim high students about like how to how to get these conversations going, right? Mm -hmm. and, but this is also something that you're that you're now dealing with this summer and, and you're doing it virtually. Mm -hmm. Uh so that's a lot. <laughs> I just said a lot, but uh let's talk let's let's get into that, like the, the transition to virtual learning that we kind of get into some of the current events. And that was the important piece for us in creating this AIM High at Home program. You know, we are primarily an academic program and academics, you know, are and will always be important, especially for the demographic of students that we serve. But we came into this summer knowing that this summer would be different, um, you know, beyond just being virtual, but, you know, dealing with deeper rooted community issues, you know, the police brutality that is happening, um, you know, this global health crisis that we're going through, um, we know we needed to focus on our students and focus on their well-being, their social and emotional development. Um, and so that was our focus. Academics, definitely, but focusing on the student holistically um, was something that we really prioritized this summer, um, which we always do, but but I would say more so this summer because we knew that we really needed to give our students a place to process what was happening in the world around them. So how is that shift uh, taking place? Is it like more time in the day? Is it like, like how, did, how, how are you executing on it? Yeah, so we... Um, We've built it into more of our classes. Uh, so Alec explained we have four classes, math, science, humanities, and issues and choices. Um, this summer, we have a STEAM class, we have a book club class, and then we have advisory um, and issues and choices. And so we're creating more time and more space for those conversations. We're also creating the space within the STEAM class and within the book club class to talk about whatever students want to. You know, the, the thing that we're missing with being in person is having those kind of one-off conversations. So we have two teachers in every classroom. And so at times, if you need to take one student and one teacher go outside and have a meaningful conversation, that's easy to facilitate, but that's a little bit more difficult um, in this virtual space. But we do, you know, fortunately through the medium that we have, we have breakout rooms. And so we can have a student and a teacher step aside virtually. And, you know, we make that clear to our students. Like if you need a pause, if you need to, to check in for a minute, we want to give you that opportunity to be able to do that. So again, it's just about creating the space so that our students feel comfortable in, in doing that and just making sure that they feel uh, that they're heard in doing that. You want to add anything to that, Alec? I mean, you're on the school board. <laughs> and by the way, thank you for your leadership. But I'm sure you know that the trauma of the last three or four months, it's very real. 
when we made the pivot, when we heard from you and others that buildings would not be open this spring or summer, um, we decided, uh, as Taryn said, what do we want to prioritize? What really, really matters this summer? And for me, uh, the summer will be successful if kids are happy and engaged and if they feel good about connecting with their friends, if they've done some fun activities, um, if they feel love and connection, that will be a successful Aim High Summer. And by the way, I probably don't need to tell you, it's hard to measure, but we'll try. Um, and we're eight days into it and we're learning a ton and we feel pretty positive. The early returns are, it's working. Uh, in this, you know, really fragile moment. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you do a great job at giving me things to, to hand off into also, because we should talk about measurements. <laughs> um, but but also, um, yeah, I, I just like, honestly, does it, it's not the same, you know, obviously yeah. like virtual learning. It's not the same. It's not the same. And it's not the same for families. It's like, you know, there, there are the real public health issues within all of the long-term unforeseen consequences on our like just like mental health you know being inside as, as long as for, for kids right sure. that need energy releases and a lot of people have been making adjustments but it's rough it's it's rough to uh be in this space right now and like educators have always like done their best you know the best they could with what they got right for the kids in front of them and so um, I know everyone, I know you all have followed suit, but it's just like, I just have to say, it's like, it's not as rough. It's not the same. You know, it's that. not the same. And I, I can't imagine the pressure you're under, you and, and Vince and others trying to figure out what school's going to look like. And so I want you to know, you know, something that Terrence and the program team, all of AIM High were prioritizing is what we're calling beyond AIM High, which is, um, you know, we have our five-week summer program that's going to come to an end at the end of July, what can we do to support you and the school district in Oakland and Richmond when AIM High kids return, either fully return or partially return? So we're thinking creatively around how we can stretch AIM High in this unprecedented moment. We have to, right? And um, so um, we're, we're committed to, 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 to stretching and, and supporting beyond the summer. So you can, that's something you can count on. Right on. I appreciate that. Um, in terms, in terms of the measurements, like let's, let's talk about the, the, the impact that people get in terms of the academics, like what is participating in AIM High look like in terms of student life outcomes, academic outcomes? I think we can kind of tag team a little. Um, Terrence and I have an amazing colleague, um, Shel Kapopras. She joined AIM High about a decade ago. And she was really charged with helping us get a handle on data and measurement. We do it for two reasons. How do we relentlessly get better? And then, as you know, Stevan, we have people who invest in us, and they want to know that that investment is having outcomes. And so we uh, have uh, a wide array of measurements, both qualitative and quantitative, growth in math and reading, uh, 21st century learning skills, exposure to role models. We measure just about anything and everything. And we're really focused on successful transition from middle school to high school. But we also track our kids uh, through high school. Uh, we uh, track high school graduation and college matriculation. 
our kids graduate in the 97, 98% range and then uh, go on to college, two and four year college uh, in the 95, 96% range. That's all important too. Uh, but what's most important is how does AIM High relentlessly get better year after year? And that's what, uh, that's what, that's the primary purpose of data. Uh, so it's been a great um, uh, part of our story and legacy. Uh, Terrence, what did I forget around that? No, I mean, I think you said it well. Um, we are an academic organization um, and we are an organization that loves feedback. And so we are continuing to try to improve. And, and a benefit that we have is that we have, you know, 10 months of the year to prepare for this, you know, two month program. And so we can really nail in what we want and how we want this uh, program to, to benefit our students um, and be really laser focused on that. And so um, I think because we've been doing it for 35 years, um, you know, we, we've nailed it in and we continue to try to get better to have our students be engaged, to learn and to grow. Um, you know, five weeks goes by really quickly, uh, but we do our best to, to make sure that they come out uh, the end of the summer, you know, academically better than they, they came in. Um, and that's really important to us. Typically experience or 35 years should mean better quality, but you know, a person that oversees a public education system, that's not always the case. It's not always the case that we see improved outcomes. And so I think it has to be also a reflection of, of leadership and, um, and the willingness to look at yourself honestly. Sure. Um, and when students are at the center of that, it's much easier to do. Uh, so kudos to a commitment to continually get better and innovation. There's this thing I, I, you know, I really want to touch on before we close out related to, I guess the, the, the easy way to say it is the business of nonprofits, but uh, you know, nonprofits cost money and there are a lot of them, <laughs> but the, the lifespan and the growth of an organization is, is not, it's not the same. Like we all heard of Red Cross, but like, why is the Red Cross make so much money? Like I've never heard of a success measure related to the Red Cross, you know? And me knowing the nuts and bolts of trying to raise enough to make payroll and like do all of this, Aim, aim High uh, has a very wide network of support. And, you know, from 30 students, or was it 50 to start or 30? 50? 50, yeah. 50 to 2,500, you raising some money pretty well. So I know you, you wouldn't say it like that, but like aim high is like they, they aim it high <laughs> and, uh, and, and people are, are, you know, gathering around to support the vision of the organization. So like, what is the what is the aim high approach to fundraising? Well, let's see. I sometimes like to think in threes. So let's see if I can do three here. Um, you know, number one, we're filling a distinct and much needed niche and that's summer and middle school and and doing it in an innovative um way in a way which we're always trying to look at the needs of kids and families and, and get better number two and i think you and i talked about this uh in the aim high office once um we've gotten pretty good obviously at making the case that what we do matters and that goes back to the unique niche we fill. So summer and middle school and innovation, et cetera. Um, 
And then I'd say the third piece is we've gotten, I would say, very good at engaging uh, communities across the Bay Area around our work, around why it matters, around giving people opportunities to see us in action, to contribute uh, ideas, um, to uh, help us grow and, and flourish. Um, we started something called our Young Leaders Board a couple of years ago, and that really vastly exceeded expectations. We've started an ambassador council. So it's all, Stevan comes back to engagement and making the case and doing something that, that really matters and makes a difference. You're making it sound so easy, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, check this out. Look at it. Head full of gray hair. It's, uh, I mean, when you get down to it, it's also a crazy way to sustain organizations that are just so critical to the health and well-being and success of young people and vulnerable young people. It's a crazy, insane way. But it is the way. It's the way our society has chosen to, to fund organizations like yours and ours and College Track and Boys and Girls Club. Um, it's the way we do it. So we, we, we have to figure out how to, to work within that system, um, you know, until a more sustainable way comes along. And that is definitely not happening right now. Let's cross our fingers for the future. Yeah, aim, aim high is free to all families. Um, and uh, and when you, if people are interested and they, they can kind of check out the Aim High website to see the, the long list of the very, very long list <laughs> of uh, foundation, uh, family, and uh, company support. I was at the last Aim High Gala, and like Ben and Jerry's gives the Aim High. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, they, they have this, I mean, just the spectrum is, is very vast. And uh, so sometimes I quote rappers. And rapper, his name is Two Chains. And uh, <laughs> Two Chains has his line. He says, We in the same league, but we don't ball the same. <laughs> and so um so for somebody that like uh was you know for people people that like had to lead an organization this is the stuff that we you have to worry about for everyone else that so so other people don't have to kids ain't got to worry about it people that are showing up to work don't have to worry about it but to have a relentless focus on um telling the aim high story uh following up and uh getting people involved that's just not easy. And so I, you don't have to say it, but I just don't think I, it would be wrong for me to, in this interview, not talk about, like, there's some serious, serious, uh, relentless, like, outreach and, 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 and effective outreach that's happening to keep this organization and growing. So that's... And it's a, let me say, it's a, it is a team effort across our HQ, our site directors, trustees, young leaders. Uh, it is absolutely a team effort. Um, and a privilege to be part of that team. So, so if someone isn't convinced yet, Terrence, about why to send their kids to aim high, or all of my all of my young children listeners, <laughs> oh, there are many young children listeners. But imagine you know somebody <laughs> listening on the way to work and they haven't yet heard of aim high. Like, why why should a family send their child to aim high? I mean, aim high is different than anything you've ever experienced before, and hopefully, we have you know presented that well in this, this interview, um, but also you can't really understand it until you experience it yourself, which is 
you know, why in a typical summer we have these things called visiting days. And so we, you know, let our donors come in and see Aim High in action because that's the only way you're going to see, you know, what we call the Aim High magic. Um, but it's it's a chance for students to really discover who they are, find their voice, um, be able to gain this love of learning because once you come to Aim High, I guarantee you will gain a love for, of learning um, and you will want to to do better for yourself and your community. Anything, any other reasons you want to add, Alec? That was, that was beautiful, Terrence. Um, well, I'll say uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that I went to Fellowship Academy that day. I still remember that uh, scruffy um, little courtyard. Do you remember that, Terrence? Yeah, and, uh, and I do remember going into classes and a very dynamic leader. Uh, that was a really good day for, for AIM High to connect with Terrence and some of his classmates who came to AIM High. And it's been a real joy and privilege, Stefan, to be connected to you. And um, so I didn't answer your question. I, that happens on podcasts, right? Occasionally. <laughs> that, yeah. uh, People but, say whatever uh, they want. It's like, it's but I, I will <laughs> say for the kids out there who are listening, um, we look forward to having you potentially be part of AIM High um, next summer. It's, it's a game changer and a life changer. It's unbelievably uh, fun and joyful. Um, we look forward to being back in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a- AIM High has definitely established itself as uh, one of the most trusted youth service organizations in, in the Bay Area. Um, it's interwoven into the life experiences of countless young people um, and families. And uh, it's a Bay Area institution that I hope uh, kids' generations in the future will have an opportunity to enjoy. Uh, so thank you for sharing the Aim High story. I appreciate your time this lovely, lovely quarantined <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> um, how can they? How how can they? You know, check out more about Aim High. What's the best way to get a hold of somebody to look at the website? What, what, what's the ways to reach out? Yeah, go go to the website, and we're as an organization, super super responsive. So. Um, right, Terrence, that's the best place. Yeah, yeah our website, aimhigh.org. Um, you can find out you know, a lot about us through there. Um, and then I think we're on all social media at the Aim High program. Um, so there as well. All right. That concludes our discussion. I appreciate you all again for taking the time to share the Aim High story. Uh, peace, peace, and we out. <laughs>